And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot, Another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Decker, and as always, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you get $10 off your first order. So I have a couple of guests on the show today. They will be on simultaneously, so we'll just knock them out one, two. Uh, I have John Chick from Lockdown Rangers, as well as Craig Stanton from Ice Hockey in Harlem. Now, uh, I've spoken about Ice Hockey in Harlem. Uh, briefly on past episodes, spoke about how uh, this hockey program based in New York, uh, in the Harlem area, of course, where they, it's it's a, kind of like an after-school program. Um, they, uh, they, they, they work with kids. They teach them the game of hockey. They teach them off-the-ice lessons as well. It's a great program. Uh, you know, they have... A little bit of affiliation with the Rangers, and you know, since they're based in New York, of course, I had John Chick on from Locked On Rangers to kind of get on that and uh, ask Craig some questions as well. So, you know, it's a great, great, uh, great interview. I uh, can't wait to show it to you guys. And uh, before I do that, I just want to discuss a little bit real quick uh, and reiterate what I said on the last show about you know the whole the whole uh, coronavirus thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like I said, I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it is that they, the league was irresponsible. I'm surprised that a not a lot of people are really talking about it like that way. And maybe the league will eventually accept some responsibility because you got to look at it this way, that they, they didn't do the right thing. They didn't do right by the players. They just let them, you know, travel wherever, you know, even if the players weren't going back to the league really needed to you know, put the uh, put the hammer down and say, hey, guys, either you come back to play um, and you come to this designated city or you're not going to play at all. And I'm very disappointed for the league for doing that. But, you know, what? there's nothing we could really do now but move forward with this, of course. So, yeah, um, it is what it is. I mean, hopefully no more players get infected. I, like I said, I'd be shocked. But, I mean, we'll just have to sit back and wait. So I just want to let you know that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the host, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. Just another mention of today's sponsor, uh, Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, yeah, these things are absolutely incredible. The official flavor of the show is toffee almond. Um, I was a banana nut bread guy for a while, but you know what? Toffee almond won me over. Uh, these things are the real deal. They're the best protein bar I've ever had. Um, they don't leave any kind of chalky residue in your mouth afterwards. So yeah, uh, I would say go, go to Bilt Bar and try them out. Whether you want a variety pack or you want to mix and match, uh, customize your own box, it's up to you. So go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your first order. 
All right, now I'm joined here with Locked On Rangers host John Chick. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Adam. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, we're all st- staying in there trying to figure out a way how to, you know, keep sane through all this non-hockey action, but good thing training camps are only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, amen. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so the reason I have John and I are doing this together is because we have a very special guest on, it will be obviously on Locked on Lightning as well as Locked on Rangers. We have a very special guest that kind of teased it on my last episode. We'll be talking to uh, Ice Hockey in Harlem's Craig Stanton. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for uh, having me here and uh, always, always happy to talk hockey and kids. Part of, the reason I have you on is uh, with everything going on in the country, I was obviously curious as to you know what kind of programs are out there to you know help some some kids in some areas and some communities that may not have the same resources as uh others especially in the game of hockey and of course yours popped up first in a google search and me being from new york i thought you know it wouldn't be right if i just didn't uh get in touch with you and talk to you and of course incorporate john chick into this conversation sounds like a sounds like a good recipe yes so Let's let's just uh, flip over your hockey or slash baseball card, and let's just look at the the stats right away. So, you were basically how it all started. Hockey in Harlem starts in 1987 by Dave Wilk, and uh, one of the founding members as well as one of your best friends, uh, Todd Levy. Uh, and you, let's just talk about how you know you sure. you're, you're coming. You're in. University of Syracuse, and you're coming back to the city. How, how, is, how did you end up uh, working with ice hockey in Harlem? Well, Todd and Dave had uh, uh, known each other from NYU, and ice hockey in Harlem really began as a, a thesis, just a, an idea um, that someone decided, wow, maybe this could really work. And that was Dave Wilk. And uh, with Todd by his side, and also with the help in the early days of Pat Hickey, the former New York Ranger, um, that was the that was the genesis of ice hockey in Harlem. Hey, this thing could really work. So, called around, got some equipment donated from different people. Literally, you know, putting things together, shin pads from this person, skates from that person. We had about forty kids, and we had some ice in the northern uh, end of Central Park. There's a rink called Laska, and that was how ice hockey in Harlem was born. You know, it, it was, you know, I always say ice grows in Harlem, right? A tree grows in Brooklyn, or we're growing ice in Harlem, and. Uh, bringing a, a sport that in the late 80s, uh, nobody knew about, cared about. And, uh, you know, when I uh, got back from, from college, I was thrilled. And uh, Todd had said, this is right up your alley. And, you know, at first you start with coaching, you get on the ice, um, and you start, you know, as a player, someone who's played hockey their whole career and loves it, and to work with kids and share that gift uh, for, the, for, for our sport. And it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing because the first day I ever win, I remember uh, – little I think it was a seven-year-old said to me he said coach I had the best time will you be here again next week that's all I had to hear I'm going to be there next week the following week every week thereafter because these kids needed people that they could rely on um and that's that's was the hook to me and as I grew through the program over 30 years from coaching to then I became the chairman of the education committee um and I started the whole west side projects uh, through the Abyssinian Baptist Church, also a uh, very famous uh, church here with Calvin, uh, Reverend Calvin Butts. It was an amazing explosion of, of, of uh, an interest within the Harlem community uh, with hockey. And it was, you know, again, you know, these kids 
were now becoming superheroes, you know, wearing these, all this equipment and stuff. It gave them a great sense of, of pride and, and purpose. And these kids were also doing something so different than all of their friends. They felt special. They felt unique. That was a real hook I found uh, uh, at the beginning, which was really enticing that there was such, a, such an appetite uh, for this and a great desire on and off the ice from these kids. Right. And, you know, obviously one of the struggles whenever you're starting something from the ground up is trying to get people to join it, whether it's a program or a business or whatever the case may be. What was, how did you go around really getting interest from the kids and having them enroll in the program? Well, I mean, that, that was a challenge. How do you get this out and how do you have families, you know, that want to uh, be a part of this? And of course, back then Harlem was very different. I mean, when Ice Hockey in Harlem first started, you know, Harlem was, was, there was, you know, bad stuff going on. There were syringes on the streets. The kids were lucky if they had one parent who was still alive. That parent wasn't on drugs or in jail or things like that. So it, it was, it was a, tough, a, tough, a tough sell to get off the ground. But we really relied on a lot of the local community centers throughout Harlem. Uh, they would help um, not just recruit the kids, um, but also, you know, kind of, be in charge of doing some of the policing so we didn't have to you know if the kid didn't go to class he couldn't skate or this or that so um and they kind of was it they th these community centers were a great liaison for us and we went into these community centers we would present all of the equipment what we were about um we would have our hockey knowledge series classes in these community centers where the kids and families were, were, were all welcome and again you know it's a hundred percent free um, you know, nobody pays for, for, for anything. Um, and, uh, it took a few years and then word got around and, you know, word of mouth is the best, the best sales pitch you can get out there. So we started attracting more and more kids and, you know, we had 40 the first year just by piecemeal. And now we average about 250 kids per year. That, that's absolutely incredible. And yeah. I'm just going to pitch this question over to you, John. How, how rare is it to really find a program where not only they teach you a sport, but they teach you everything about the sport itself? You know, that's, that's something that I don't, in my personal experience, I've never found. I don't know about you, John. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, no, this is very unique. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like this. This is uh, an exceptionally unique program that you guys have going there. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Craig, um, is uh, your hockey knowledge class that you teach to some of the kids. Um, and one of the things, there's, a, there's an article from uh, Emily Benjamin on NHL.com. She wrote it a little over a year ago. And uh, she describes your teaching uh, technique. And I guess what you do, Craig, is you, um, you know, you'll ask them questions and when they get it right, uh, you reward them with a uh, hockey trading card. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that was kind of one of the teaching and behavioral tools that I started to incorporate. Again, I've, I've been in the program for 30 years, coaching uh, and teaching at one point. I did both for overlap, then it was just kind of impossible time-wise uh, to do that all. But I, I love the teaching and I, I'm chairman of the committee on education and I basically helped develop this program, the curriculum. And it's unbelievable because we wanna teach the kids everything about this sport. They know nothing about it. If you're gonna play a sport, Besides the rules and the equipment, we talked about the history. The kids' favorite thing is they know that not only did hockey come from Northern Europe and how it got here and how we have Lord Preston Stanley Cup, but they love the fact that the first hockey puck was made of frozen horse doo-doo. Every <laughs> kid that has ever gone through this program, that's one of the three things I think they, they will never forget in their lives. But the whole thing about this is having them you know, learn the history, the pageantry, the players, the teams. 
the conferences, how the playoffs work. Um, but we use hockey as a hook for a bunch of things, like geography. We talk so much about geography, where teams are. Listen, a lot of these kids don't know the Atlantic Ocean from the Pacific Ocean. I, I got to tell you. And, you know, we break it down, give them real fun tools and things to remember this. But we use hockey to teach them things like geography. Like in the U.S., they have states. In Canada, they have provinces. What makes Quebec interesting? Oh, they speak French in that province. Oh, what's interesting about Ontario? Well, the Hockey Hall of Fame is there and the capital is there, Ottawa. Ottawa senators. Oh, we have senators in our capital. That's Washington, right? Washington, D.C. We have senators, congressmen, the president lives there. So we try to tie in some other things there. Obviously, a big, big piece of the puzzle that we love is talking about you know, when Black History Month comes up and, and Willie O'Ree, who's, you know, just been tremendous to us and has given so much inspiration to, to our kids over the years. But the hockey, the hockey card thing that I started was, you know, the, they get so excited. And I'm not going to give them stickers, but hockey cards, wow. And they don't even have to be, you know, this year. They could be from 10 years ago. They don't know. They love it. And the thing is, it's, it's a behavioral tool that I use as well. Each class, they get five cards upside down. You don't know what you get. You can't touch a card. You touch a card, you lose a card. But the more you participate, the more you answer questions, the more cards you get. If you're bad behavior, instead of putting you in the penalty box for 30 seconds, we'll take away a card. So you have a chance to keep those five cards that you started with or gain more or potentially lose them. And it's pretty amazing how you can uh, keep their attention <laughs> with, 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 with some hockey cards. And then it's even better when we're talking about a player or or a team and then we ask them to turn the cards over after class and they see we talked about that player we talked about this team um so it kind of brings it all all to life and in the classes we give them lots of cool handouts you know i want them to be listening and not sitting there writing we want them to be absorbing whether it be you know visual cues we give them uh, on the board or cool color handouts always with logos and things like that and a lot of these kids are artistic too we want them to show their creativity so we'll also ask them at one point to go home and design your own hockey team logo. Or if you don't want to do that, then write your favorite team's logo and draw it. And you know, just kind of engage them. Uh, we even do that with uh, math, where uh, I'll, I'll give the kids a hockey catalog and ask them to go home, pick their favorite helmet, gloves, elbow pads, skates, et cetera, from top to bottom, write them all down, add them all up, and then you see how much your equipment is that you get for free. Teach them a little about responsibility. They're responsible for their equipment. So every kid that's in this program has to sign uh, a, a sheet of responsibility that they're responsible for their equipment. So, you know, it's important to, to instill that, you know, along with teamwork and sportsmanship and all those other important elements that, you know, team sports, hockey, and a program like ours should really be, you know, um, pushing through. And, uh, you know, it really, it really seems to, to, to resonate with the kids. Well, that's, that's, a, an incredible method to, to go about things. You know, <laughs> I, um, I, when I used to work with kids, I wish I kind of had that same method as well, but yeah. So with the case of, you know, when you're building anything up from the, from the bottom up, uh, you're going to go through, you know, a kind of a, I guess, you know, a hard phase when you, when you first start out, but you know, in eight, once the clock hits, the calendar hits 1988, things start to pick up. And a big reason for that is because, uh, uh, you know, one hockey player, you may have heard of him, John, uh, Wayne Gretzky came up hey. to visit the kids one day and he did all right. he did all right. yeah, he did all right. He scored a couple of goals here and, there. <laughs> here and there. And so I just want to hear from you, Craig, what, how large is the impact even till today? Today. That, <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is literally, 
it's something people talk about on a daily basis when Wayne and his entire LA Kings team came up and did a clinic with our kids in Harlem. I mean, it, 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 I mean, listen, we, we talk about all 33, you know, we, we always talk about Wayne, right? You know, his players, all his records, 33, whatever records that he owns, this and that. but that day that he came up there, really, I mean, talk about transcending. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's Michael Jordan coming to your eyes, okay? And, um, you know, when I, I actually saw Wayne uh, the day after he retired, um, I was meeting him for something, uh, and I had mentioned to him uh, that I was there that day in Harlem, and he looked at me, and he said, you were there? And I was like, yeah, he's like, that was the coldest day in my life. And I was like, Wayne, you played in a barn in Western Alberta for 13 plus years. How are you gonna tell me one day in Harlem? He's like, that was the coldest day ever. But he said it was one of the best days ever. So how did that, um, how did that even come about though? How, you gotta tell the story of how, how this all happened. Well, you know, it, it, people were, were hearing about us and they wanted to, to, to get uh, involved. And um, we had reached out uh, uh, to the Kings and had asked them, would they be interested when they were coming to New York? Uh, to, to do it. And uh, they thought it was a fantastic idea. And it was just like, wow, really? You know, sometimes you just take a shot and you kind of hope, mm-hmm. but everyone thought it, it, would, it would be a win-win for hockey. And that's how we pitched this. You know, Wayne being in, in LA was good for growing the sport in the US. And, you know, Wayne coming up to Harlem is going to be good for, you know, growing uh, urban markets like ours mm-hmm. uh, and, and building that interest. So it, it, listen, after him, the Rangers came up. I mean, we had Messier, Colin Campbell, when he was coaching, he brought the whole team up. Um, literally everybody. The bus pulled up several years with Richter and Leach and Messier and Gravy Train and all those guys. And it was, I mean, it's just it, the, the impact, not just on the kids, but on the families and showing that people care. You know, they, they, they care about what's happening in this little nook up in Harlem. It, it's amazing. The, the, the message that it sends, and forget the kids, I mean, beyond, but, but look, we all know hockey players are pretty cool. I mean, these kids practice at Lasker Rink sometimes, and without even knowing it, there's an NHL team up there. It could be the Winnipeg Jets, could be whatever. And they, these players will stop and sign an autograph for every single kid. That's why hockey players are cool. They'll give the kids their sticks, their jerseys. They are the, like, hockey players are, I think, the greatest athletes out there when it comes to like giving back. They really, and, uh, you know, Gretzky being up there set a precedent that it was okay for other people to do this. If he can do it, everyone else can do it. So everyone, you know, wanted to, 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 to kind of jump on that uh, and, and, and reach out to our program. And uh, listen, it's, again, it, it, the, the, the impact of that on these children is, I, I can't really explain it enough, the power of it. Um, so we're really thankful for that. And it's great that he remembers it like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know? I thought that was un- unreal. Also, another reminder that today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Yeah, and little did you know that only four years later, actually, no, little, maybe uh, maybe six years later or so, uh, Rangers will be lifting a cup. How, how big of a deal was that for your, for your program as well, well you know, especially for the kids? Well, you don't know this. Here's the story about this. So uh, there's a... A, a supporter, I think he volunteered for a while, was a guy named Bryant McBride, who was at the NHL at the time. 
And Brian's a great guy. He's behind, uh, he's, he put together the whole Willie O'Ree documentary movie that you probably have seen on ESPN mm -hmm. and this other things to help. And he spearheaded Willie getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, Brian and I were talking and I said, look, um, when, not if, but when the Rangers win the Stanley Cup uh, this year, we were in the finals against Vancouver. We, they were in the finals against Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, my son's middle name is Ranger, so I kind of feel connected to them. Um, uh, and I said, I said, look, can you get ice hockey in Harlem to march in the parade, you know, somewhere on rollerblades or something and be great, this or that. Long story short, obviously they win. And he's like, look, I love your idea. It shows the diversity of hockey, which I said him. And he started the whole diversity task force at the NHL, which kind of moved into hockey's for everyone kind of thing. And um, I, I swear to you, the most outer body experience I ever had, I can imagine for these kids, ice hockey in Harlem, and I had my camcorder going, marched right behind the captain's float in the Canyon of Champions that June day. That we was. weren't in the back of the oh. bus. We weren't in the back of the bus. We were literally right behind the captain's float with the cup and Messier and Leach and Keenan. It was it, it, with three million people lining the sides of the streets. Ice hockey in Harlem marched. We were front and center right behind. It was an insane experience for the kids. And obviously, Hockey, as you know, in the city, John, it was, I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. 50 years of, of, of pain and suffering, 54 years, excuse me, pain and suffering. But this city was psychotic. You know, I mean, it, it, was, it, it was unreal. So, yeah, that, that helped grow hockey the same way the Miracle on Ice helped grow hockey in 1980 in the United States. And, and let's, let, Miracle of Hockey is one of the most important subjects I, I devote a whole class to that and I get all emotional because that was a powerful moment as a, as a hockey player and a sports fan, an American sports fan of what that meant and try to get a, a, an eight and a nine year old kid to kind of understand really what it meant and what was happening in the world and, you know, David versus Goliath and who David and Goliath were. But um, yeah, 94 was, uh, was unbelievable. And to be part of the parade was just, you know, a highlight of Ice Hockey Home as much as Gretzky was. I'm gonna have to look back at uh, you know that parade and watch it on YouTube all over again. Look for you guys at this point now. Well, it, 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 we are right behind, and our we got our sign, you know, big giant sign across, and it was it was pretty special. Yeah, yeah. that that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> I mean, I think every listener that is listening to this right now. Uh, is probably super jealous of Craig Stanton and everything that he's done with ice hockey in Harlem, including probably the two hosts that are interviewing you right now. Uh, that, that is insane. Like just to, just to go yeah. from all of that, just to, and then you're behind Messier and all the other guys in the, yeah. in the parade is, yeah. is incredible. So let's, yeah. let's kind of move forward. Now you, you moved in from kind of a volunteer slash coach wrote mole, uh, role with the organization and then you also became a member of the board in 2002 what made you kind of make that next leap with the organization um i was asked to join it um i obviously my my commitment and involvement in, in help nurturing and developing this program and certainly a, a board member who was so actively involved as a as a weekly volunteer or in that time bi-weekly volunteer i mean tw twice a week excuse me volunteer. Uh, when asked to join the board, I was thrilled. I mean, um, you know, I, it, it was an honor. I was, I was, I was overjoyed, could not have been happier. And then to kind of move into the position of, you know, um, uh, chairman of the education committee where I could really do some things off the ice because 
I mean, I was doing both, but off the ice, it's, you know, like it's, it's so different because the kids aren't behind masks, you know, they don't have that stuff on. You're really getting a, a, a much more one-on-one -on -one connection, you know, to look at a kid uh, like that. And look, I make teaching fun, you know, I, I, I mean, I want these guys to have fun, to laugh, I make it fun. I tell jokes, I know more rap lyrics than they do, so they think that's hilarious. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I love to invite all the parents because I think it's important that the parents learn too. So I love it when I've got 60 kids in a class and 35 parents, you know, and some of my jokes are for the adults, kids don't get it, but I'm having fun out there <laughs> and they see that I'm having fun and I have passion and I love it. So um, I love uh, uh, being able to um, expand uh, on that. And, and look, there are other teachers too. I'm not, I'm not the only one who's doing classroom stuff, mm -hmm. but those teachers have been there for a while. You know, the, these are dedicated people. And again, you know, this is a volunteer run program. That's what keeps us going. We have a very small paid staff. This is all volunteers, whether it's the on ice, the off ice enrichment programs and mentoring and book clubs and, um, you know, fundraising and all that stuff. I mean, it's really, you know, th these are people that want to make a difference. People that, you know, love hockey and want to give uh, something back to the community and help. I mean, you know, we, we are very thankful to have such dedicated uh, volunteers. How much of a rewarding, uh, how much of a reward of it is it for you when you see some of, and now I've read online, some of your students have gone on to play D3 hockey. How, how much, how, how big of a deal is that to you? I know it's like, I've, I've taught kids in the past as well. Um, I had, I, I taught baseball and I had a kid actually end up playing at Cornell as a pitcher. So how, how great of a kind of like a rewarding feeling is it to see kids that, um, that started, you know, from from scrap as beginners in your program and now are playing college hockey it's really icing on the cake um you know we're if we make the next jerome mcgillna mike greer grant fear that's great uh, we're more interested in getting kids better prepared for life right um and, and 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 helping them along those lines if that ever happens like i said it's icing on the cake it's a bonus and we do have some really talented um, players and uh, a lot of talented females <laughs> or women's or hmm, girls yeah. program is phenomenal and they've also women the girls have been some of our best student athletes that's the biggest award we give out at our yearly graduation by the way the biggest trophy goes to the student athlete not the best player mm -hmm. so we really are you know education is 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 the goal uh, is our motto um, and uh, you know, having those kids play, though, is great because, you know, our kids aren't on the ice as much as all these other programs, you know. Look, I coach my son's might travel team. And he's on the ice five days a week. Other programs, six to seven days. These kids are on maybe three. Um, so to really go against those odds, we try to get them that fourth slot if we can here, there, and we get, give them extra time. But it really is a testament to their um, fortitude um, to, to, to work hard and, 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 and make a commitment to this. Um, and these kids really do have a passion for this. It's, 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 you know, look, I, I, you know, there's a program out there called empower play initiative. And I love this program. Uh, this guy, Kelly Kalishman started it and he thinks youth sports are broken and is developing bowl hockey, deck hockey rinks around the country. But his slogan is, you know, it's expensive, right? Mm -hmm. With ice and skates. Yeah. His, his slogan, the Empower Play slogan is no ice, 
no skates, no problem. Let's put a hockey stick in every kid's hand. And I always say in Harlem, the same thing. How many Wayne Gretzky's are out there that we've never seen or know about because they never had a chance to pick up a hockey stick, whether it be mm -hmm. on the ice or off the ice? How many kids are out there? You know? Um, so I, I like that philosophy. And, and that is our philosophy. We want, we want every kid to get a hockey stick, you know, uh, up in Harlem. Um, you know, we don't, we, we don't turn people away. Um, and uh, it's... It's, 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 it's gratifying when they can get to the next level, um, for sure. And look, we play a lot of games and a lot of different teams, and sometimes it's tough for our kids when they go into buildings. You know, people look at us differently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's something that, uh, that, that we talk about, you know, and, 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 and we try to uh, turn it into a, a positive and a, and, and a moment to, to kind of inspire ourselves and, 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 and to persevere. Uh, which is another good trait to have, you know, as we talk about sportsmanship and leadership um, and responsibility. So, um, yeah, it's great. Look, if, if we can get someone to the NHL one day, that's the best marketing tool we could mm -hmm. ever have. Uh, yeah, uh, abso absolutely. Go ahead, John. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, Craig, I just wanted to ask you real quick about, uh, you know, the organization's relationship with David Quinn, because, you know, I've been watching over the last few days a couple of videos on YouTube about ice hockey in Harlem. And it seems mm -hmm. like even back, even back when he was with uh, Boston U, he was uh, bringing his, his team down there. And, you know, well, that's not exactly right down the street from Boston U to Harlem. Um, so what does it mean to you, you know, that he's, you know, kind of started this relationship with the organization that he continues to do that even now with social media? I saw you guys uh, actually honored him uh, last year, I believe it was. Yeah, no, it's, it's really ironic how it all turned out. Um, through a friend of mine who was on the board of the BU Athletic uh, Department, uh, had reached out to me a couple of years ago and said, why don't we make a match here or something? So uh, I worked with the BU um, athletic director at that time. And that relationship is unreal. BU came up because they're in New York every two years for this, like there's a Thanksgiving tournament with all the red schools, you know, Cornell and uh, uh, BU and a couple of other uh, teams will, will come in. And uh, they were coming to the city and we had them come up to Lasker Ring for a practice and a and this is what Quinny was coaching, uh, and also Mike. They brought Mike Ruzioni to speak to our kids, and they held a practice and they did a clinic for our kids with a Ruzioni, and then they invited all of our kids to the garden to watch the game that uh, that that evening. The following year, we continued this relationship where they invited our kids up to Boston University to show them, hey, this is what college our kids some, our kids sometimes never even been out of New York State. <laughs> uh, or out of New York City to go on a trip to Boston to go see what a college and a university looks like and you know have their eyes open to something that they've never seen so this relationship continues for the last what, four six years whatever it is now where we go up to BU they invite us and uh, the athletic uh, department is fantastic they also support our kids and get them tickets further here and they come up to Lasker and then it was just when 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 Quinn was named the Ranger coach reached out to, to him and the Rangers and it seemed like a natural fit. He knew us already and, uh, and, and believed in our program and supported us. And it was awesome. We got to, uh, I mean, he was tremendous. I mean, he's one of the nicest guys. And I think he's a superb choice for the Rangers moving forward. Uh, uh, and uh, couldn't, be, couldn't be more excited to have him here with the Rangers because of the relationship. And it's so strong with BU. They really embraced us uh, uh, under their... Uh, wings and then I mean even when our kids go up to Boston University the kids can practice on the ice up there it's, it's really they've been overly generous and 
again, it's an opportunity for our kids to see things they probably would never get to see and open their eyes to opportunities that may exist. Absolutely. And uh, one more question, just to kind of piggyback off of that. It seems like, you know, uh, some current Rangers uh, do visit the team, uh, do visit ice hockey in Harlem from time to time. I noticed that you guys had Brennan Lemieux there in February. Um, who else has stopped by recently and, you know, made an impression on the kids? Well, so many Rangers over the years. I mean, you know, we used to have some of our big events at, uh, uh, at the play-by-play, -play, even at the old All-Star Cafe where Gretzky himself popped in and yeah. things like that. Um, you know, over the years, we've had kind of like Ranger, um, uh, honorary Ranger captains, if you will, going back to Jeff Bogaboom and Scott Gomez even. Um, and uh, the Rangers uh, uh, have been really supportive of us. Um, you know, the, uh, the Ranger organization, look, we, we're in their backyard and they've, they've, they've been there uh, almost since day one and have been super supportive of us uh, and our kids and the Ranger Alumni Association uh, gives us a, a, a yearly grant uh, as well. And that's a relationship that's very special to us because, you know, we are really the only program right here and we have been, you know, I mean, listen, hockey in the city, as, as you know, John, uh, has grown. I mean, growing up, there used to be one travel team, Greater New York. Now there's like four or five uh, just, in, just in, in New York City. So, um, you know, hockey has exploded in this area. And then you start going out, you know, the whole tri-state area. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, we, we, we've been here for a long time. We've been in the Rangers' backyard. And uh, they've been super, super supportive. So, yeah, uh, recently Brandon uh, had shown up. Uh, I mean, Lily, I could throw out it. 10 or 20 names each, each, you know, over the last decade that have just popped in and come up to surprise the kids, whether it's on the ice in a classroom or, or at our events. I mean, Kevin Weeks was, was tremendous when he was here. Uh, uh, Stephen Valaket as well, but uh, we got a lot of the alumni are really into it. I mean, obviously Rod is great. Uh, Graves is great. Dugay, uh, Stemkowski, uh, a lot of the guys that I grew up <laughs> rooting yeah. for and cheering for Ulf Nielsen. Um, Glenn Healy, uh, you know, Jeff Bogaboom, of course, is still, still a, a, a huge uh, supporter of us. So, listen, anytime a kid, and our, our kids show up, anytime a kid can meet up, like an NHL guy, past or present, it's still an ooh and ah moment. I mean, even for me, you know, it's an ooh and ah moment. <laughs> I, you know, I always love that. So, uh, uh, it's, it, the Rangers have been really, really generous with us over the years, and that's a relationship that we cherish uh, big time. Uh, and, uh, you know, look forward to uh, continuing. Because, look, the Rangers now are very committed. Mr. Dolan is extremely committed to youth hockey. They've got a major push, uh, like a three-year program to develop youth hockey in the tri-state area. And, uh, you know, I uh, support that. It's, it's, it's wonderful to hear. And I know around Tampa as well, um, I know that there are lots of NHL markets now that are really pushing uh, whether it's ice hockey, bowl hockey, deck hockey, this kind of stuff, and just promoting each the, the teams are out there promoting the sports, mm -hmm. which in turn obviously builds fans and you know loyal followers and things like that. And that's what you want. You want to get the next generation. You know, um, this is this is the coolest sport out there. No pun intended, but it is <laughs> right. Yeah, and this is definitely the best time to promote the sport, especially because it's people are going to go absolutely nuts when pl the puck actually does drop. Um, so just before maybe we get into some of your playoff predictions and discuss maybe, obviously, we all know just from hearing you speak that you're going to probably favor the Rangers to go a long way or at least help, hopefully, you know, if they don't run into my lightning. Um, now... <laughs> 
now obviously we are we are all aware and we've seen what's been going on with the pandemic that's been going on the last couple of months as well as you know this whole uh racial injustice uh movement that's going around and around the uh, country what kind of effect has obviously with you guys not being able to play any games or practice and see the kids other than over video chat uh with everything going on how how have you guys been able to deal with all this it has been challenging uh you know we are a family isaac in harlem you know our kids our alumni our volunteers our staff and the broader community um it's been a challenge and look we, we fully believe black lives matter and you know isaac in harlem stands against all bigotry and hate and injustice and discrimination and racism and 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 we are just letting the families know that that we're here for them uh, uh, whatever that they need, um, we're here if we can help. Um, we do support uh, them and what's going on. And, uh, you know, we, we want to have a voice. Um, and, and, and we are committed to serving as part of the solution as best we can within our community. And just letting them know that we stand with them and that we will be here before, during, and we're going to be here after. And we're going to do our part to make this a, a better community and a better world for all people on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, we, we are still trying to figure out what, what's happening with our programming for this coming year. I mean, obviously, we can do the classroom remotely, but, you know, what are we going to do? Do we have ice? Is our rink going to be open? You know, the rinks aren't open in New York. We don't really know kind of when that is and when that's happening. Um, uh, so there are some, some question marks. For us, uh, you know, fundraising has been affected by this too. I mean, our biggest event is a is a is a big golf outing that's usually the first Monday in August, and that's not happening. So, you know, we have to be creative in how we go about this so that we are able to um, uh, provide programming for, for for our kids. But we're letting them know that we fully plan on doing it. I mean, even if we have to bus kids to Connecticut or uh, or whatever, you know, we 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 aren't going anywhere. So that's our message well that's an absolutely powerful message and this country needs more programs like ice hockey and ice hockey in harlem around it and you know i as a hockey fan and as someone who grew up in new york um keep doing the great job because uh you're you're making a huge difference especially to people that may have not have had the resources they now have um now moving on to some of the fun really fun stuff and that's let's talk some playoff hockey now playoff hockey training camps are starting up in a couple of weeks now uh how, how far do you see your rangers going after the nhl graciously granted them an extra spot in the in the playoffs hey now hey now <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean as an avid ranger season ticket holder forever and again my son's middle name is ranger so yes i'm very very prejudiced uh uh for them uh, but you know i came into this year uh, saying that this is not a playoff year. I, I said, next year is a playoff year. And then two years after that, we're cup contenders for the next decade. Um, so I'm thrilled uh, to, to get this opportunity because it's really going to help all the youth uh, on this team. I mean, kids like Fox are just unreal. Um, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he played for the goals. He's a, he's a, uh, a Long Island kid. Um, and you look at the, the kind of game that D'Angelo has, has grown into, and obviously Zibanejan having a monster year, and even Strom, and et cetera. But um, I, I'm thrilled that they're, 
getting a chance to get some experience where I didn't think it, that they would. And I see them beating Carolina. I absolutely, three out of five though is short and sweet. So, you know, there's not a lot of time to play, but it's old school. That's how it used to be. The first round used to be three mm-hmm. out of five. So I like that. I mean, look, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. We all know it's the most intense end-to-end action. It's just, it, there's nothing better. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop shaving when they, when they have that date <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll get ready to, to move forward. But I like their chances. And look, we don't really know who they play in the second round yet, I don't believe, because they, they made right. me shuffle, they said. Right. Um, but no, I, I would like to avoid Boston and I would like to avoid the Tampa Bay Rangers, no doubt. <laughs> I see what you did there, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've stated on my past episodes that the two teams I do not want the Lightning to run into right away. You know, obviously later on you can't really avoid it, but is the Rangers and and the Flyers. Obviously, the Rangers. I mean, talented team from top to bottom. But the thing that scares me because the Lightning. I don't know how many Lightning games you've watched this year, but the Lightning are notorious this year for just getting off the slow starts. Now. If they get off to a slow start against the three-headed monster in, in goal, whether it's Shesterkin, Yorgiev, or even Lundqvist, playoff Henrik, um, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. But, yeah, I could definitely see you guys beating Carolina. Why not? I mean, you, I think you have a better team. Uh, I think goaltending, I think that's, that completely goes in your favor. What do you think about that, John? Yeah, I got the Rangers beating Carolina. I mean, they went 4-0 against them this season. I believe they are 10-2 against them in the past three seasons. And uh, just the fact that it's a best of five and the fact that the Rangers have kind of owned them recently, I think game one of that series is going to be huge. First of all, just because it is a shorter series, so every win means more. But also because I just feel like, you know, a message could be sent in that first game because if the Rangers beat the Hurricanes, it's like, yeah, we own you. This is what we do. If the Hurricanes win that game, though, it's like, hey, it's a whole new season. It's a whole new ball game, and here we go. So I think game one is really going to be huge in that series. Yeah, I mean – Right now, all I could do is sit back and watch these round robin games. And I mean, if, if we, if we, I look at them and as, just hope nobody gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, with the announcement today of a couple of players getting the virus, I mean, it was one of those things where I feel like at this point it's unavoidable, especially with everything starting back up. But I, I said on a show that I just, I, we just need to wrap Steven Stamkos in bubble wrap, especially when he goes on <laughs> lime changes, because he's the last person that we need hurt on this team going forward if, we, I, if they, if they want to make a serious cup run. I had a similar thought because, you know, with the team around Robin, it's like, do you go full board? Do you go pedal to the metal and do everything you can to try to go 3-0 and and get that top seed? Or do you just kind of use this as a little bit of a tune-up and, and just kind of accept whatever seeding you get? So, I mean, Adam and, and Craig, whoever wants to take it. I mean, I look at it this way. We, we've, we've all watched our fair share of playoff hockey games. We know when the puck drops underneath the, the biggest stage in hockey, seating doesn't matter. Yeah. Some, so, I, I, I mean, at this point, especially now, it doesn't, it, it no, doesn't matter more advantage. than ever. Yeah, home ice advantage. Even if they, if, even if they pump in crowd noise, it's not going to matter because yeah. at the end of the day, it's just two teams playing against each other on the ice. Um, but – yeah, I, it's going to be very interesting how things unfold. I think the I think the Rangers could definitely get past the first round. Um, I'd be shocked if they lose to Carolina. That would actually be kind of a good uh, scenario, I think, for the Lightning. Just the because I think we match up well against the Rangers. I just the one the, the obviously the one wild card that you have to watch out for is Zabanajad and Panarin. I went to a couple of Ranger games this year, and Panarin is probably one of the most dynamic players the Rangers have had in probably a long time, maybe since yeah. Yager or Messier. You know, I, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to watch him, you know, you, you watch him when he played for Columbus, you see a highlight, this or that. But to watch him game in and game out, he's an amazing hockey player. It's like guys like, like when, when the Rangers got Martin Straka, I had no idea what an all-around incredible hockey player this guy is. Then yeah. you get to see someone every day and the work they do on the ice when they're not with the puck. And the, and the passes, I mean, yeah, he's a great scorer, but his hands are spectacular. I mean, he is an unbelievable passer. And yeah, he makes everyone better. So, yeah, Ryan Strong's having a field day and having a, having a career year. A good time for him to have it, playing next to Panarin. But, uh, wow, you know, he, he is dynamic. That is a great word for him. And you're right. I don't, I don't know if, I mean, Messier, Yager, I guess that's it. I mean, you know. Well, the other guys were too old when they got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's been a very long time since they've had two players as good as Panarin and Zibanejad. I mean, it, if it's one thing you could give the Rangers franchise consistent credit for is developing young talent. And that's why Tampa always tries to make trades with them because, you know, we just try to pick and choose the young talent that you guys, you know, trade towards us. So we could probably uh, piggyback on that success and uh, bring a cup down back to Tampa. Well, that's only recent, I believe. I'm sure John would agree with me. The track record for developing young talent has not been, uh, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't the hallmark of this organization for uh, a decade and a half at least. Well, yeah. uh, well, even, so, wrong, well yeah. even some of your veterans, you know, we didn't go after Ryan Callahan just to sit on the bench. You know, we wanted him to lead this team in goals and uh, block, block shots. Well, he's a feisty player and a oh, great he, player. So, he is, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it was hard he, to lose him. He's such a talented player but his playing style prevents him from playing a full season. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you have to kind of chalk that up to Tortorella's style of play, especially with all those years of the way he played this team and all those long playoff series. It, it definitely takes a toll on guys like that. Yeah, and then there's Superman. Like, Ovechkin plays like a, like a steamroller, and he keeps going. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're just gonna have to sit back and watch, and like like we like we've all both said, you know, we have to wait and see how everything plays out. Hopefully, the Rangers make it past the first round. I definitely wish you guys the best of luck. So maybe we could all have this chat once again if the Lightning and the Rangers uh, do meet up at one point in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Craig, uh, once again, thank you so much for doing this. I'm sure uh, John could agree with me. This is we were appreciative is not even the right word to describe how how happy we are to have had you on the show today well thank you so much for you know giving a spotlight to ice hockey in harlem for sure i mean uh you know it is us who thanks you for uh um, wanting to kind of spread the word and uh um you know support youth hockey and certainly in urban markets like ours so thank you for having me on well yeah Programs like yours cannot get enough PR. So maybe when uh, you you guys resume play and you finally get back to Lasker Rink, uh, maybe we'll we'll go up there and uh, we'll we'll go up there and volunteer for a day and check things out for ourselves. Yeah, please, please do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We would love to do that. Maybe we'll do. You know what we'll do? Maybe we'll have like while you guys practice, we'll do a show from ringside and interview some Why of the not? players. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We'd love to have you. Up oh, there. that'd be great. Yeah, yeah we'll yes. we'll do like an own little uh, winter classic. <laughs> And, and Craig, if you've got some, uh, you know, some members of Ice Hockey for Harlem that want to jump on the show, you know, send them on over. We'll talk. Yeah, to absolutely. Of course. Of and course. If, if you want to bring your friend Wayne Gretzky with you as well, okay. don't, be, don't be shy. No. Don't be shy. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a good Thanks, Craig. Right. Thank Once again, I'd like to thank uh, Craig Stanton as well as John Chick for coming on the show and having that great talk. Uh, you know, if, if you haven't really checked it out yet, 
please go ahead and check out that organization. Um, they, they're doing a lot of great things. And hopefully, like I said during the interview, that we could uh, see more programs like that pop up and we could continue to grow the game of hockey in a positive way. So that's been it for today's show. Locked on Lightning, part of Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.